Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Saturday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Want to see your loan options, adjust payments, and closing costs all online in real time? Well, Rocket can. We can continue our NFL conversation. One of the teams I'm touching base on tonight happens to be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, one of the teams that is no longer led by a Manning. And they haven't quite been back to the Super Bowl since uh, Mr. Manning left. They've had a couple quarterbacks since. And a new one going into this season. Here to talk about the Indianapolis Colts with us is Mike Chappell, who covers the Colts for both Fox 59 and CBS 4 Sports. How are you, Mike? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I mentioned uh, you know, I'm having specific guests on tonight for the post-Manning era. For Peyton in Indianapolis and Denver and Eli in New York. So in an indie point of view, you guys thought you had your replacement to Peyton Manning with Andrew Luck. Didn't quite work out that way. He called it quits early in what most quarterbacks' careers are. How much, if at all, is he talked about in Indianapolis these days? Really not. not. I think he had a birthday yesterday or today or the day before and somebody posted that, but really not. I mean, and the only time he does it, it's whenever those of us that cover the team in the media, we sit around and say, you know, of all the players that have played here, who, who if, if injuries hadn't been a factor, would, you know, what if? And it's Andrew Luck and it's Bob Sanders, those two players. But when, when Luck was healthy, he was top, he was top five, top six quarterback in the league. He, he was the type of guy that you knew you were going to win 10 games, and if things fell together, you know, 11, maybe 12. He took some teams that were really flawed in his first three years and they went below five and, and got the one AFC title game. And so, yeah, you really, you really wonder why, but the injuries piled up and he took some criticism for walking away, but you know, you, you do what you do and you do what feels right for, for yourself. And uh, I, I don't think he's ever really given it a second thought. He, we always knew he was wired different. He just was, he's not He's not a lifer like Peyton and Eli. He just isn't. And we knew he wasn't cut from the same cloth. I'm not saying he wasn't competitive. He was. I mean, he gave his body for this franchise. But I just, I did never thought he would be an 18-year quarterback and certainly not a Tom Brady. So the problem is when you do that to a franchise, you know, you've got to reload. And let's remember that he, he retired on, on the third preseason game whatever it was, August 24th or 25th, whatever it was. And you talked about a franchise having to absorb a, absorb a gut punch and move on. That's what they had to do. 
Right. So they've got another new start this year. A little bit more of a lifer than Mr. Luck. <laughs> right. Might not there be, you go. Right. Might, might not be uh, Peyton yet, but is uh, going past Eli Manning because they came into the league in the exact same year. Philip, uh, Philip Rivers comes over from San Diego, near Atlanta, or excuse me, near Los Angeles, um, and is going to run this Colt offense this year. So you go from trying to figure it out after Andrew Luck's departure, departure to getting a given, an elder given, but still a given. How much of a given has he been so far, as far as you can find out, as far as you know, from the workouts leading up to game number one here? We've seen like three weeks of workouts, practice training camp, and they had two downtown at Lucas Oil that you got a good look at, and he looks fine. I mean, at least you didn't walk away thinking, holy crap, this guy's got a noodle arm. He, he, can't, he can't play. We, we don't see that. We see him making the throws. Uh, but but you're not going to know until, you know, Sunday. And we're not going to know really with him until, you know, October, November. How's the arm holding up? Uh, they, they brought him in here one year, $25 million, But the idea is for him to play this year or next year. If he's what they think he is, what they hope he is, what they need him to be, he'll be their quarterback next year as well. Uh, but th- what, what, what they need him to be is, is Philip Rivers 2018, not Philip Rivers 2019, where he had the 20 interceptions, and I think he had 23 or 24 turnovers overall, and the Chargers just didn't, you know, couldn't sustain anything. If he plays something close to 2018 version, this is a pretty good team. There's not a lot of major uh, flaws or, or, or voids. A really good offensive line, a really good running attack. A defense is going to get better, so but but so much of it depends on the quarterback, and they're not going to they're not going to be quarterback reliant this year, or he's going to throw the ball sixty percent of the time. But they need him to make those plays, you know, those five, six, ten plays in a game that a quarterback has to make for you to be successful and for you to be a playoff team. Mike Chappell covers the Colts for Fox fifty nine and CBS for Sports here on CBS Sports Radio with us. Uh, you mentioned some of the weapons that he has at his uh, back and call, Malcolm Mack, and Jonathan Taylor added in the second round of the draft after an outstanding career in Wisconsin. How do those two running backs complement each other? Yeah, r- really well. I mean, and what's crazy is, you know, we all look at Marlon Mack being the, the, the veteran guy. He's 24. He's only 24, coming off his best season, 1,000 yards. Uh, then they go out and get Jonathan Taylor. They thought he was just too good to pass up at the top of the second round. And we, we keep asking Frank Reich, you know, what, how are you going to use this one-two punch? He says, no, it's a one-one punch. Well, that sounds fine. But <laughs> one guy's got to be, you know, one guy's going to emerge. and I, It'll be Marlon Mack until until he either gets dinged up or, or, or whatever. I can't see him not being effective if he's healthy because this offensive line is too good. But they want to get Jonathan Taylor – his touches. He had over six or uh, it was a six thousand yards in in three seasons at Wisconsin. Uh, he, he he's bigger than Mac. He's probably a tad faster, he, he, and he's got power maybe that we haven't seen from Mac. There was a play in camp where he he just ran over uh, a, a, a big safety they've got. So what's going to be interesting is how do they find a way to maximize both you know, without taking something away from the other. When you talk about any running back, and they like they like to get in that rhythm of 15, 18 carries, whether these guys are going to be able to do that, I don't know. But 
they're really looking forward to finding ways to use both these running backs. You talk about a one-two punch, and it looked like on paper you had that at tight end as well. Jack Doyle, all-pro level tight end. And you add Trey Burton, a guy who I got to see in Philly, and uh, he left for Chicago and it never quite worked out there. But you guys were able to acquire him. But I know he's starting the year on IR. What's his health, and how do those two guys work together? Yeah, he, he looked really good in camp. I mean, you kept seeing guy at number 80, which was his number getting open and making catches and running. And that was Burton. And, and he pulled up strain of calf muscle in the second workout at Lucas Oil. And it was August 29th on IR. He's going to miss at least the first three games. And, and we'll see. I, I wonder if it'll be longer. But that's the, that's the, I said, whether there are any glaring weaknesses or voice, that's the one area that concerns me the most because it's, it's Jack Doyle two-time uh, pro bowler, and he does all the all the, all the the things except down the field. He's not a great down-the-field threat, but he can give you 60 catches and, and 600 yards and five touchdowns in a blink of an eye. And then Moali Cox, who's still a developing tight end. That's the one area, as much as Frank and Nick Sirianni like to, like to go tight ends, right now they don't have him. We, we may see more three-receiver sets early on. But uh, that, that's the one loss, or that's the one injury that, that they're going to feel, at least probably for the first month of the season. When you change your starting quarterback, that, of course, is the biggest move you've made during the offseason. But not far behind is the addition of DeForest Buckner, one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. How does his addition change the dynamic of the Colt defense? That, that, that's been – it's funny that they – and keep in mind, they gave it the 13th pick in the draft, which is a prime slot, and they gave him an $84 million extension. So you don't do that for a, for a good tackle. You do it for a great tackle, for a Pro Bowl tackle, which he's right on the border of being that. They, it's funny, when they signed him, we were thinking, I was, I've covered this team since 84, and I was thinking he's the best defensive tackle since, and I can't, I can't think of <laughs> because they, they've not had that. They've had good ends with Freeney and Mathis and, and on and on and on, but they haven't had a three technique. They think that's the, the position that makes this defense go. If he's what they think he is and what he needs to be, it's going to make Justin Houston better, Danico Autry better, the rest of the defensive line better, the, sec- or the, the linebackers better, and the secondary, which is probably a question mark. You know, nothing helps a, a – a secondary better than a, a more than a than a really really good pass rush and front, front four. So they're really expecting again for what they did, what they gave up. They're expecting a monster year from DeForest Buckner. And we know with uh, the game changing ability that uh, Dave Slendard already has now right. with a monster playing in front of him to pick up some of the traffic, he could be even bigger this year. Um, let me ask you not about another defensive addition, Xavier Rhodes. Also, Pro Bowl-level player. Last couple of years, not as much in Minnesota. Is he a change of scenery guy? Is that what the culture are banking on, that it hasn't been a drop-off in talent, it's just been a drop-off in attitude or positioning or something like that? What makes them believe he can get back to the top of his game this year? Well, first of all, it, it, it was a lo- kind of a low-risk signing. I think it was one year, and it wasn't, it wasn't a monster contract at all. I can't remember the numbers, but it wasn't. Anything significant, so yeah, they they hope he, he he's sort of sort of like Rivers. They're hoping they're getting the previous guy. He's he's had a couple of subpar seasons. It's amazing. If you ever need to, you know, to, to notice how insignificant Pro Bowls are, 
he was a Pro Bowl player last year, and he didn't play well at all. It, that, that was one of those name selections. Uh, so if he comes here and he told us, you know, he was banged up a little bit last year, uh, a few injuries that he never quite kind of got over. So they, they really think if they had him, and you've got some young uh, Kenny Moore's are really one of the best nickel corners in the league. Rocky Sin had a slow start last year as a rookie and came on pretty well. So they, they think those three are pretty good. They had T.J. Carey from Cleveland as another outside guy or nickel guy. But, but again, they need the pass rush to help those guys because at times the last couple of years, they've given up like 68, 70% completions. And you just can't do you just can't do that and expect to be successful. So yeah, yes, they need Rhodes to to play previously, but they need that pass rush to help them. And if that happens, if, if that if that's the case, this secondary will be good enough. All right, two more rookies I want to ask you about. Number one on the offensive side, they're going to pair Michael Pittman with Ty Hilton. Has he looked? As good as his draft status says he can be coming out of USC, will he be a good complement for Ty Hilton? So so he he's not he he's not they got uh, Pittman was a second round pick and I think his Desmond Patman was a sixth round pick. Both of them are about you know the six three two twenty twenty five range. And in all honesty, if you didn't know which was which, you would have thought Patman had, was the higher pick. He had the okay. better training camp, and they kept him. Pittman still hasn't really emerged. They think he will. Uh, he's probably one of those guys that could have really benefited from a couple of preseason games, but they're expecting big things. And, again, this is a receiver group that's got Hilton, Paris Campbell, who was injured a lot of last year, and Zach Pascal really, really played well last year. But Pittman just gives them what they don't have, that big guy that can win the one-on-one jump balls, and he's got the deep speed. So, They've got major expectations for him, uh, but but again, he did, he didn't have that great camp that maybe you would hope one of your top picks would have. Our guest, Mike Chappell, Cubs to Colts for Fox fifty nine and CBS four Sports in Indianapolis. All right, Frank Wright comes in first year, does wonders, double digit wins into the playoffs, gets the organization turned around, heading in the right direction. Everybody was in love with him. Last year, back below five hundred, falling to seven and nine, and you've still got the two teams in the division that are going to be handfuls in the Texans and the Titans. Uh, what is the feeling of Frank Reich with the fan base in town? Do they still have uber belief that he's the guy and is going forward with this team? Or was last year's sub-500 performance a little bit of a uh, kick in the pants for the Colts? Probably both. He's not on the hot seat. I mean, this team needs to make the playoffs for a lot of reasons. But the GM and the, and the head coach aren't, you know, working for their jobs this year. But, you know, it's funny how people say you just never get off to a good start. They were 5-2 and two last year. And then Jacoby Brissett uh, sprains a knee ligament and just wasn't the same. And then they just got decimated at receiver with Hilton and, and, and other players. And and it just kind of they, – they could never stop the spiral. Uh, but, but again, I, I just – there there is some patience here. It, it's just kind of crazy. In, in, in Chris Ballard's first three years – Two of them have been sabotaged by Andrew Luck in 17, where the shoulder wasn't ready to play. He misses all the season. And in the third season, uh, he has uh, he retires. When Luck was here, they make the playoffs, and they won a road game uh, in Houston. So, 
again, like I said, it's a quarterback-driven league, and this team needs Rivers to do his job. But this is probably the best roster top to bottom that I can remember in many years, going back to some of the Manning, the Manning teams as far as, you know, solid, solid rosters. But as I said, they, for all the things they did, they need the QB to play well. And if he does, this can be a good team. All right. Uh, half of the teams in the league, 16, have a tough, tough task in week number one in that they have to go on the road. And in the pandemic world in which we're working, going on the road is not an easy task for any team that's got to do it. But if there was one place you could go and still feel pretty good about your chances, that might be to Jacksonville because they have the least talented roster in the National Football League, personal opinion, uh, of anyone. And it's not really close. Uh, they're taking rebuilding, retooling to a new level. Is there anything the Jags do that the Colts should be wary of or afraid of? They've still got a couple of good pass rushers. Josh Allen and the rookie, uh, is it Chasem? And they've got some some a couple of decent receivers. Uh, in Minshew, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect from him. I mean, he had a good year last year. Uh, his running, his main running back now is going to be an undrafted rookie. The only thing about Jacksonville is what they've got going for them is they've had the Colts number. The Colts haven't won down there since 2014. Oof. They've lost five straight, including one in uh, London. So they lost when luck was they lost a six to nothing game down there two years ago that I still don't know how they didn't win it. But uh, I, I, I agree with you of all of all the places to start a season, and for the Colts a season that again they, they need to step up and and be a playoff team in December. This is the one you'd probably say where would you want to go, and I'd say Jacksonville. And what's crazy is that might be the only place of of all the openers. Or Kansas City did, but to have fans, Jacksonville's going to have is it fifteen, sixteen thousand people, which is which is probably a, uh, a normal crowd for them down there, which is not true. But since we're since we're piling on the ja- the Jaguars, but <laughs> I, I just think I agree with you. I, I think there is a talent differential, and that's why I think with a team like the Colts who, who expect to be legitimate and to be relevant in December. This is one where you simply go out. I'm not saying 40 to 10, but but go down there, take care of business, look like you know what you're doing, and go home and win. I don't know. I'm picking them 27, 13, but don't have it come down to a you know a, a 40 yard field goal in the last three minutes by an undrafted rookie kicker. That's what you don't want. So uh, you know, but but again, this is if I had to hand pick a place to go for a team, it'd be Jacksonville. Two things. Number one, that undrafted rookie kicker, I think, could win you some games this year. I couldn't believe he didn't get drafted. He was the best kicker in college football last year, and you guys did well to grab him, and I think he's going to uh, be uh, quite good for you guys. And number two, I think they made 15,000 tickets available in Jacksonville. I'm not sure they've sold all 15,000, but we shall see tomorrow. I know you will as well. Mike, great insight on the Colts. We appreciate you hopping on board. Thanks much. Have a good season, and we'll reach back at some point. Thanks, and stay well. My pleasure. Mike Chappell covers the Colts for Fox 59 and CBS 4 Sports. Jody Mack hanging with you on a Saturday night right here on CBS Sports Radio. Come back, continue the NFL conversation on the phones. Hit me up. 855-212-4227. Get you on with the Mac Man on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.